Father, we trust that you are going to fill this temple with your presence this morning. We also trust that every thirsty soul shall be satisfied as you fill us again with your Holy Spirit today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I give God thanks again for the opportunity of being here. Today is the day of Pentecost. So we shall be talking about the Holy Spirit of God. This morning we are going to be speaking from Acts of the Apostles chapter 4 verse 31. Healed with the Spirit. They spoke the word with boldness. Filled with the Spirit, they spoke the word with boldness. If we ask ourselves, what is the purpose of Pentecost? I don't know what our answers will be. But if we have to look at the word of God, in order to understand the real reason or reasons for the Pentecost, one of the places my mind will take me to will be Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 8. That was um, a statement there made by our Lord Jesus when he was with his disciples on the Mount of Olive. When they began to know whether it was at that time that he was going to restore the kingdom to Israel. He told them that they shouldn't be bothered about the time the kingdom was going to come because the timetable was with the Father. But he told them to wait for the promise of the Father, saying unto them in verse 8, that they should receive power after that the Holy Spirit had come upon them. And that they would become his witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the world. And so if you look at that scripture, you will notice number one, that the reason for the Pentecost is that the church may be endued with the power of God. As it is written in another scripture, where the Lord said unto his disciples, in Luke 24, 29, he says, Remain in Jerusalem, for you shall be endued or clothed with power from on high, not many days from now. That also points out to the fact that one of the major reasons for the Pentecost is that we may be clothed with the power of God from on high. If you also look at the ministry of Jesus when he began in Luke chapter 4, he also announced about the Spirit coming upon him and also anointing him with power. And so the Holy Spirit actually comes to enable us. Because the Greek word, dunamis, actually means beyond just power. It also means 
enablement, ability. It means strength. And so, if you are here today, and you seem to lack power in your Christianity, all you may need is to come to the Lord's Pentecost. Because you cannot embrace the Pentecost of God and not be empowered. For that is the primary reason for the Pentecost. Number two, the Lord says there, when you receive the power, you will be my witnesses. So, there is a purpose for the power we receive at Pentecost. And that is the power to be able to speak for Him. That is the power to be able to witness for Him. That is the power to be able to speak clearly, boldly, fearlessly for the Lord. And so in the scripture that we are supposed to look at for today, and that's the Acts of the Apostles chapter 4 verse 31, the disciples gathered in a place to begin to pray. The Bible recorded that as they prayed, when they concluded their praying, the whole place where they were was shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word with boldness. And so, you notice here, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke the word with boldness. In other words, they witnessed unto the Lord. They witnessed of the resurrection of Jesus with boldness. But unless you had received the enablement, there will not be any boldness. Because the boldness is also part of the power that comes at Pentecost. Now when we define power here, it's just beyond the power that is able to maybe push down a wall. In this power is the ability, in this power is the utterance, in this power is the enablement, in this power is the grace of God, in this power is the ability to speak graciously. I would like to take us to the ministry of our Lord Jesus himself. Because I'm not going to end up speaking today. I will also want to see to the demonstration of the power of God in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If you read the book of Luke chapter 4, if you read verse 14, the Bible recorded that Jesus returned from the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you seek well to that, he had been baptized by the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 to 23. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and prayed, enabled by the Holy Spirit. He also overcame the temptations of Satan, also by the power of the Holy Spirit. He also was able to quote the scriptures, relevant scriptures, clearly and fully, also by the help of the Holy Spirit. And so after the temptation was over, the Bible says, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. In verse 18, he said to the disciples, sorry to the people that heard him in the synagogue, he said unto them, the Spirit of the Lord God 
is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to preach deliverance to the captives, the opening of the eyes to the blind, and to bind the brokenhearted, and also to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And so he began to define his ministry with respect to the power of the Holy Ghost that was upon him. And when Jesus was speaking in the synagogue that day, a few things happened. In verse 22 of that Luke chapter 4, people who had him began to marvel. The Bible says they were amazed. They began to say, see the gracious words that flowed out of his mouth. Brethren, those words, those gracious words, are actually words that we have spoken in boldness. It's not the boldness of fluency or speech. It's not the boldness of oratory. It's not the boldness of plausible words. It's the boldness that comes as a result of a backing, a spiritual backing that comes from the Spirit alone. And so when we talk about boldness that comes from here, don't begin to think, well, if somebody takes a bottle of alcohol, he becomes bold. Or maybe if somebody has been trained to speak very well as a public speaker, he learns to be bold. But here is the boldness that goes beyond the mentality of the listener. It reaches the heart of those that hear him. And so Jesus spoke with such boldness that people began to declare, we have never had it this way. That is in verse 32. Say because he spoke the word with power. He spoke the word with authority. He spoke the word with boldness. I want you to note from there that this boldness also represents authority. It also represents power. It means that such words are not mere words. I've spoken somewhere or at certain places. Normal words, not cajoling people. But you see people who are listening to you suddenly break down and begin to cry or to weep. What is producing such result is not because you have been able to sway them with the powerful words of oratory. It's because there is power behind a spirit-filled child of God. There is an anointing behind a spirit-healed child of God. There is some unseen force behind spirit-healed words. There is even healing power behind spirit-filled words. There is power to deeply convict a sinner behind the spirit-filled words. This power is what we also refer to as boldness. It's not mere boldness. And so, when Jesus has spoken, they said we've never heard it this way. He does not speak like the Pharisees. He does not speak like the scribes. Because he brings the word of God with boldness. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was upon him. If you move to about maybe verse 433, you notice that there is also this boldness that comes against even the power of darkness. When our Lord Jesus was still in that synagogue, a demon-possessed man began to cry out. He began to say, we know who you are. You are Jesus, the Son of the living God. Have you come to, to torment us? 
And Jesus simply said to the demon, Be quiet and come out of him. The demon threw the man down. After that, he didn't hurt the man. The demon left the man. The man became normal. And people around began to also express the what they saw. Say, what boldness, what power, what authority that even the demons listened to him. Can't you notice that we are talking at, uh, about boldness that is not natural, not ordinary, not out of this world kind of boldness that is able to also affect demons and evil spirits. I guess that the church today needs this type of boldness. I want to go further. If you get to the epistle, sorry, the Acts of the Apostles, you begin to notice something there. A little after the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, the disciples were so fearful. Disciples were so afraid. Disciples could not even come out boldly to the public. They locked themselves up in the upper room. And what were they doing out of the fear of the Jews? They were praying continually. This fear and this indoor staying stopped on the day of Pentecost. As it is written, For when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in the same room, and suddenly they heard a sound like that of a mighty rushing wind, which filled the place where they were, and they saw dividing upon each of them the cloven tongue as of fire. And the scripture said in verse 4 of chapter 2, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What's utterance? Ability to speak out. And so, from that point, one thing that left them was fear. Timidity left them. Fear left them. They were no longer afraid of any dumb man. The Bible says they opened the doors. They spoke so loudly. They spoke so clearly. They spoke so boldly that the people that came for the Feast of Pentecost from practically any known nation of that damn world began to gather together. Instead of running inside the room, Peter was very bold to stand before them and say unto them because they also assumed that they were drunk. He said, no, it cannot be so at this time of the day. This is what was spoken about by Joel the prophet that in the last days it shall come to pass that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall, shall, shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. It says upon my men servants and upon my men servants in those days shall I pour out my spirit and there shall be soldiers in heaven and signs in the soul. The moon shall be turned into blood and the soul shall be turned into darkness before the great and terrible day of the Lord. What a boldness. Peter speaks so boldly, bringing the Jews to their knees. The same people that few weeks ago had crucified the Lord of life. We are now so pricked. I want you to get the word. The Bible says they were pricked. That is the power of the boldness that the Holy Ghost can give. Notice that the word went through their hearts like a sword. Several years ago, I just got filled with the Holy Spirit at a meeting in Suleja. I returned home. I'm not a very fast talker. In fact, I had a problem being articulate before then. But after my uh, Pentecost experience, I began to notice that I'll simply be quietly teaching. 
in the Sunday school in my church. And people will break down under some kind of unseen power, of conviction. Even my pastor's wife, and what I'm saying is as far back as maybe 1986, when it was difficult to actually bring Anglicans to come to God and to be, think about the power of God, people began to say, there is something different about you. There is some power you release when you preach. Then my pastor wife says, your Lord seems to be hitting me directly. She got born again. Another person said, I want to have what you have got. She got born again. I lay hands on her. She became filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. I began to, people began to come for the same reason. I want what you have got. They were getting saved. They were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues. They were receiving the same power. They became bolder. I, very soon, it wasn't long, I was able to raise some small army of young boys and girls who could die the devil. And so, when Peter ministered that day, the Bible says the word, like a sword, went through their hearts. You see, when you speak under anointing, when you speak under the power of the Holy Ghost, you may not really be shouting. In fact, you may not need to shout at all. But it does not diminish the power of your word that pierces the heart of men. That is spiritual boldness. And so when it happened, they said, men and brethren, what shall we then do? 3,000 men quickly rushed out, raising their hands, embracing the Lordship of Jesus. Friends, if there is no reason to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I think that is an enough reason. I don't know whether many of us here hope to, before Jesus comes, be able to win up to 3,000 souls. One man did that prodigy in a single day, enabled, empowered, emboldened by the Holy Spirit of God. Who is available here today? Hallelujah. Let me also quickly run because if I finish talking and we don't pray, I would have uh, failed in my responsibility. Amen. Let me talk about boldness to defend the gospel. Notice that when we talk about they were sealed and they spoke the word with boldness, I want to talk about different ways this boldness could manifest. In the defense of the gospel, there is also a type of boldness that only the Holy Spirit can impact. You find that in Luke chapter, I think 11, or Luke, Luke 12, 11 to 12. Jesus spoke to the disciples before he went to the cross. He says, look, one day you will be persecuted. So when they take you before the council, when they take you before the Sanhedrin, when they take you before the rulers of the judges of your people, say, do not be worried. Don't be anxious. Don't even think ahead of time what you are going to say or how you are going to defend me or present your words. He says, when you stand to speak, he says, the Holy Spirit of your Father will take over. The Holy Spirit of your Father will let you know what to say and how to say them. And so, in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, verse 13, you'll find a kind of fulfillment. That was when Peter and John were taken before the Sanhedrin. And when they saw, the Bible says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and noticed that these people were ignorant men, they took note of them, that they had been with uh, Jesus. 
Peter and John, the fishermen, stood before the most educated people of their time and spoke with such boldness that those men were cowed. They saw the boldness of these two fishermen and they knew, we know these people, they didn't go to school. What was the notice they took of them? When they saw their boldness, they took note of them that they had been with uh, Jesus. But you and I know better than that. We know that after they were with Jesus, they were still so afraid to hide. You remember? Though they had been with Jesus, Peter still denied Jesus three times, including in the front of a mere maid. We know better than that, that after they had been with Jesus, they didn't go preaching, they went fishing. We know better than that, that after they had been with Jesus, they needed to wait for the day of Pentecost. We know as well, you know as well as I do, that everything that changed in the life of Peter changed from the day of Pentecost, not before. And so, when they said, ah, they took note of them that they had been with Jesus, I take note of them that they are red hot in the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? Friends, from the time they were filled with the power of boldness, the power, they were ready to die. Let me mention another type of boldness that the Holy Ghost gives, which you might need in our own day. As we are coming to the end of the age, we are entering times when the Holy Spirit will begin to do wonders continuously. We are entering times of spiritual challenge that we've never had, occultic challenge, sorceries, and so on. It was um, in his, one of his missionary journeys, a brother Apostle Paul came to a place. Is it Paphos? I'm not sure. It's in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 13. He met a man in that city, a well-placed man, whose name was Sergius Polos. He was the proconsul of the city. And then there was this magician, sorcerer, that was confusing the man. These are some of the people you find around the thrones of nations and thrones of leaders. This man's name was Bad Jesus. He was actually a sorcerer. He was a magician. And so when he saw that Brother Paul was bringing a good news to Sergius Polos, knowing that Sergius Polos might be converted, and obviously he would lose his uh, source of livelihood, this man resisted Paul. The Bible recorded, and Paul, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked straight at the man in the eyes and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight paths of the Lord? He says you will be blind and unable to see for a season. All of a sudden, it happened. Like some things came upon the man's eyes. He got blinded. Now, notice that when Sir Jospolos so Paul's kind of message, that's what the Bible says. But I'll say, when he saw the holy boldness against a man he supposed was the ultimate in power, the man knelt down and gave his heart to our Lord Jesus. Brethren, there are going to be times in the near future when we need the power of the Holy Ghost to boldly rebuke the powers of hell, it does not just a principality over Enugu, but there are principalities in form of human beings who are wielding spiritual authorities over cities. We are also anointed to be able to rebuke them, and the demon over their lives will just bow, and such 
people they had been deceiving will be open to our gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a story I heard about John T. Lake. John T. Lake was a man of power. John T. Lake was a man of unusual, uncommon boldness. John T. Lake was a man of the Holy Ghost. In fact, the anointing upon this man was so awesome that holding hands together in a circle with a number of men to pray, when the power came upon him, all the men that surrounded up would pray with him, they swamped under the power of the Holy Ghost. One day, John Tillich was in a place where a man who was a hypnotist was around. The man's means of livelihood was to hypnotize people. When he heard that John was around, obviously he came to challenge him because many of his, um, of his clients were getting converted. So when he came to the meeting, John says that man was actually the hypnotist who had been troubling the neighborhood. He went straight to the man and hit him on the back and commanded the spirit of hypnotism to leave. The man laughed. He laughed. After laughing, he went home. He tried hypnotism. It wasn't working again. He tried the following day. It wasn't He ran back to the place of me. He said, Now, sir, sir, please restore back to me what you are taking away. Sir, 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 this is the only way I eat. I feed my family. Friends, we need such power, such boldness, such grace, such anointing in the church of today. The church has been more afraid of people who are in occult than they are afraid of us. Even some of us in our villages, in our communities, we are so afraid of people, they are saying, this man is wicked, this man. My friends, what God is saying is that there is a boldness associated with Pentecost, that when we receive the Holy Ghost, this boldness becomes your portion, and the enemies will flee from you. Did the Bible not say, resist the devil? And he will do what? And he will flee. It didn't say he will walk away. Are you listening to me? If you rebuke him, he isn't going to walk away. He will flee. Hallelujah. Let me talk a little about the boldness that also enables you to suffer for Jesus. Amen. You see why I will share this with God. We are entering a period where anything can happen. Some of us have been saying, we are waiting for rapture, we are waiting for rapture. Well, I am also waiting for rapture. But I am also open to the, uh, to the message that the church may pass through persecution before the final coming of our Lord Jesus. Are you listening to me? It is through many tribulations that we are called to enter into the kingdom. When you are afraid of persecution or tribulation, it's because you are not empowered with the spirit of boldness. I want to talk about Stephen briefly. Stephen had a spirit upon him. This spirit of boldness in chapter 7 of Acts. The Bible says he spoke so boldly. You know, sometimes it's not only conviction that a bold, bold speech in the Holy Ghost can bring. You know another thing it can bring. It can make men to gnash their teeth on you. That day, the anointing was too much. But instead of these men repenting from their sins, they were gnashing their teeth on him. So, anointing may not always lead to uh, conviction that brings conversion. It can also make men so annoyed about you, that they are ready to shoot you if they have a gun on them. And so when they nest on him, instead of getting fearful, he even went to another level. He said, as you people are gnashing on me now, I am seeing the heaven opened. 
I even see a vision of the Son of God sitting at the right hand side of majesty. They closed their ears at that point, removed his clothes, and began to stone him. Did he get disappointed with God? My friends, you can't have the Holy Ghost on you, full of the Holy Ghost, and you'll be disappointed with God. Instead of getting disappointed, the Bible says, when they beheld his face, it was even glowing and shining like that of an angel from heaven. They stoned him, no bitterness, no resentment. After handing his spirit over to God, he prayed that his tormentors may be forgiven. He do raise fire from heaven to come and consume them. Friends, some of these things, fire come and consume them, are a product of uh, empty spirituality that does not have the grace of God. When you have the same spirit that still you had God, you are ready to pray for those that are ready to kill you. Brace up yourself, be ready, because we are entering such times. When you pray for your tormentors, when you do good, do good to those that hate you, when their sheep falls into a ditch, you bring it out. When we are ready for that kind of grace upon our lives, God will unleash heaven upon the earth. And those that you think you are enemies will come out to be your brothers and sisters. The Bible says, fear not for I am with you. It says, do not be dismayed for I am the Lord your God. It says, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. The Bible says, arise and shine for your light has come. It says, arise and shine for the glory of God is risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth. Is already beginning to cover the earth. And God's darkness shall cover the peoples. It's already beginning to cover the peoples. But he said, For the glory of the Lord shall rise upon you. So that even people will be talking about casting down. It's not your portion because you'll be seeing a lifting up. People will be thinking about church going into a hiding underground. You see a shot shouting from the top of the hills. Ready to even die for their Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Let me round up. Let me round up with this message. If you do not receive the Holy Ghost into your life, you are very deficient in your Christianity. And there is no alternative to being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in tongues, which opens you up to all the powers therein. You don't have a choice. Jesus did not leave the disciples with any choice. He said to them, Don't try. Wait. Until you are empowered. The empowerment is the right of every child of God. Baptism in the Holy Ghost is your redemptive right. It's your family right. It's your right as a son, as a daughter. You cannot be denied that. The only person that is not qualified is the person in whom Jesus is not living. If you are born again, you are very qualified. Somebody will want to go and get holy before he comes for the Holy Ghost baptism. My question for that person, when the Holy Ghost comes, what then will he be doing for you? Somebody said to me, allow me time to go and fast and pray. I said, then you will be earning the Holy Ghost, not receiving as a gift. 
Are you following me? If you think you need to do some work to be qualified, apart from being born again, then you are earning it. But incidentally, the Holy Ghost is not to the end. The Holy Ghost is a gift to the church. When there is no boldness, that's my final word. Apostle Paul had just come into Ephesus. In Acts of the Apostles chapter 19. He said a number of brethren who were preaching. The question is this. From the question Paul asked them. Why did Paul raise such a question? Do you know the question he asked them? He saw people preaching. Instead of congratulating them. He said unto them. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? What could you sense from that? Obviously, he has sensed a lack. He has sensed that something was wrong with your preaching. It was like eating banana yata. They were, they love to serve, they love to preach, they love to preach, but then they were deficient. They needed something, and Paul was able to diagnose correctly. He said, Did you receive the Holy Ghost when you read? They said, we did not even hear that there was any Holy Spirit given. How bad? They said, into what baptism then were you baptized? They said, baptism of John. They said, no wonder. After preaching Jesus to them, he took them down to the nearby water. He met them in the water. And when they came out of the water, the Bible recorded, Paul laid his hands on the twelve of them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. I wish I had them preach the next day. Are you following me? You would have had fire. You would have seen fire. Because after baptism in the Holy Ghost, by the laying hands on the hands of Paul, those people became transformed. Do you remember that John the Baptist said, when Jesus comes, he will baptize you with what? With the Holy Spirit and with what? And with fire. Some of you need fire here. I've even seen some of you that are already baptized in the Holy Ghost. I think you need fire. I say, I think you need fire in your life. Some of us are like cool plates or balls of Gary. And what is happening now is that every fly that goes around comes to pet on us. In form of diseases. In form of every other form of depression. Many other things. But I don't know if there is anybody here who has seen a, a, a ball of a hot steaming gary and you see a, a fly coming to perch. Have you seen such? No fly will dare. It's because we've lost the fire in our bones. We need the fire back. We need the presence back. We need the anointing back. We need the spirit back. We need the unction back. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the fire. That's what you need. Then say, there is not supposed to be a weak Christian. There is not supposed to be a weakling in the church. Every member of the church should be a true representative of Jesus. In power, in word, and in deed. Arise, this is your day. I said that this is your day. This is your time. This is the day when God is ready to visit you. This is the day of your visitation. This is the day when the anointing is waiting for you. You are not going to wait for him. He is already here. You are not about to ask him to fill you. He says, come and receive. When Paul asked him, he didn't say, have you asked for the Holy Ghost? He said, did you receive? That means that the Holy Ghost has been given. Did anybody get me? I hear people come, keep crying, God give me the Holy Spirit, God give me the Holy That thing is prayer in ignorance. God isn't giving you any Holy Spirit. He gave the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago. All you need to do is come out here. I am receiving the Holy Spirit today. Hallelujah. In my hand, amen. You know, I'm going to see you, man, man, again. Man, yeah.
That's what we tell our children in Sunday school. Can we stand on our feet now? Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands and begin to worship Jesus for the gift of the Holy Ghost today? As we worship Him, I'd like to give opportunity to somebody here. Please listen and listen good. You are only qualified to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and power if you give your heart to Jesus. Please, you need to take the decision for more than one reason. If you are in this meeting today and you have not given your heart to Jesus, please, can you lay your right hand on your chest? I want to pray with you. And then you will be qualified for the next thing we will do. In case you are here, please, there is nothing to be ashamed about receiving Jesus. In fact, if you are ashamed, you are disqualified. For if you are ashamed of Jesus in this adulterous and crooked generation, He will be ashamed of you when you come to His Father's kingdom. I see somebody with a hand on the chest. Any other person or persons Please, if you are laying your hand on your chest, can you quickly pray this prayer after me? Can you say, Lord Jesus, I have heard your voice. It has spoken clearly to me about your love for me. I am a sinner and I can't save myself. But I know that you died for me on the cross of Calvary. I believe that you shed your blood for me that I may become clean. I open my heart to you this morning asking, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Give me the power to become a child of God. Thank you for receiving me. For you said in your word, if I believe with my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I shall be saved. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, my Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for these ones. We welcome them into your family. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We are going to enter into the ministration proper. Please, I want to let you know what you have been seeking. You will discover, you will get in the Holy Ghost. Ability to preach, ability to serve, ability to represent God, ability to defend the gospel, ability to stand in the times of trial, ability to it's all found in Him, the Holy Ghost. You've never been baptized and you want to enter your Pentecost today. Please, can I see your hands up? You've never been filled with the Holy Ghost the way it is done in the Bible. Can you begin to come out here, those that need the baptism? Can you quickly come? I want you to thank Jesus, the baptizer. Do you know that the Bible said that you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire? I want you to thank the baptizer. This is the door of Pentecost. The Bible said Jesus received the gift from his father. And he poured the gift which we see and which you hear, according to Peter. I said this gift is for you. It is for your children. It is for your children, children. It is also for those who are afar off. As many as our Lord Jesus will bring to himself. So this gift is for you. It is for your children. It is for your children, children. It is for those that are far off. Provided you have Jesus, you are qualified. You are ready. You are not about to be given. You are about to receive 
is you who will receive. I say you are going to receive. You are the receiver. You are going to declare. I receive. Can you begin to lift your hands? I will declare. As I say receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to re- respond. I receive the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. I want you to clear, declare it with your mouth. Receive the Holy Ghost. I said, receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to declare like you are receiving now. Receive the Holy Spirit. I said, receive now the Holy Ghost. Receive. Receive. If you are sick in your body, quickly stand up and be healed. I want you to lay hands on your body and command healing to come. Lay hands on every any part of your body that requires healing and as the healing will come. Whatever the ailment is, begin to command healing upon your physical body. Begin to command healing upon your mind. Begin to command healing upon any part of your body that is diseased. Pray now as a roundup. Begin to thank God for helping us. Our prayers are in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, first, many has received. Those that spoke, those that are yet. We worship you. We worship you. Father, we ask you, under the presence of God here, let every disease, let every disease flee. Let every disease flee. I speak to every part of our bodies here. Any part that is sick, any part that is diseased, I command really now. Now! 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 In the holy name of Jesus. From your head to the soles of your feet. Be healed! Be healed! Be healed! Be healed! Be healed! Be healed! In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray.